This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Good afternoon, Steeler Nation. How we doing? We're good. Well, that's good. It's the Steelers Blitz here on SNR 970 ESPN. I thought you were going to say, not good. Uh, I need a positive vibes right now, man. I don't don't want any extra negativity going on in the universe today, ladies and gents. That's it. You're absolutely right. We got enough of that. We don't need to manufacture any of our own, right? We don't need to create any of our own. Motsi, we've uh, gotten some thoughts, some feelings out there in the first hour of this program. Feelings? What are those? I, I don't know. Feelings? How do you how do you spell feelings? Actually, I got both ends of the feelings spectrum, if we want to be honest. I mean, because we could fully be transparent. I know I'm sitting next to a guy that is also rocking his alumni gear very proudly today. I that's mean... What you're the, while while it's tough at, at two and two with the Steelers and, and that performance and the way they've lost the two games particularly, mm-hmm. the other side of that is my Mountaineers who were picked to finish dead last in the Big Twelve, wow. fourteen out of fourteen. You bet it's up. Who had a Vegas preseason win total over under of four and a half wins, are four and one baby with four straight victories heading into the bye week. So I'm on, I'm on both ends of it here. You know, I could I could I could do I could do the glass half full. I could do the glass half empty. But like you said, we're not trying to bring any additional scary vibes in this studio on I'm Monday. I am grateful. I am grateful. So let's go to some of the people here on the phone lines. Uh, our buddy Brian down in Orlando has been hanging on for a while for us. What's up, Brian? Talk to me. Oh, man. Um, I'm glad Chris took us to church. Don't pass yeah. the collection plate without throwing something in there, Brian. Wow. Right? Yeah. Uh, about a twenty spot, but it's just, <laughs> it's just like my eighty. It's just like my eighty four, eighty four year old dad trying to find Amazon, the Amazon game on YouTube and then calling me and asking me what's wrong with it. So, um, so here, here's the thing, right? Here's the thing, and I got that call last Thursday why the game wasn't playing on YouTube because it's on Amazon. Let's so, go. anyways, um, why can't I watch the Lions? Right, right. He's like, it's, the streaming keeps on going off. I was like, is someone filming it with their phone? So it's a long story, so uh, make it short here. But I think that our, our problem is not only – it's not Matt Canada, but it is Matt Canada. And, it, and it's not Terrell Austin, but it is Terrell Austin because the same things are happening, right? The same thing happened in the San Francisco game. The same thing happened in the Raiders game. The same thing happened. The, the wide receivers are running the same routes against our defense and getting wide open. Then on our offense, Chooks is over there trying to block a cornerback that blitzes every single time that we run. And we're trying to have a tight end go in motion and block this guy instead of putting someone else. Either the offensive line splits are wrong or we're tipping our pitches. Hmm. And Canada up in the box, if you would saw the TV field of, uh, view, they were showing some guy with binoculars looking down the field, and Matt Canada is just looking at his play sheet. I think the problem is his communication. He needs to get out of that box. He needs to get down on the field. If you see most of the offensive coordinators in the NFL, they are down on the field. There's a few that are up in the box, and that's why you have a system. I think by the time you radio the calls down, and I don't think we're, we're even Charlie Batch said this, that we're not giving the quarterback the liberty to audible out. So the cornerback is coming up, blitzing. We have no answer for it. And then I agree, agree with Fajoko. We have him sitting there being the cheerleader when we're getting run on. So it doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Like I said, we're, we're trying to look for the Amazon game on YouTube. And I think we have all the answers in front of us. 
We just need we just to, need the prime we just need the prime password. Yeah, exactly, and share it with everyone. But it seems like the rest of the NFL is sharing our offense because it's very very predictable because we're not executing. And so if we don't get it fixed, the safety from Baltimore is going to be in our backfield, and we're going to have Mason Rudolph playing like because how many hits. Mitchell Trubisky is going to take. So they're blitzing the corner every single time. Peterson did it against the Raiders, too, when he came down. And then, you know, our cornerbacks are playing zone, and they're playing 10 to 12 feet off the, uh, off the, off the receiver, and that's an easy pass. So I think that's why we didn't have pass rush, because when you only have to do a three-step drop and the guy's wide open, you, you can't get T.J. Watt and Alex High Smith involved. So that's just my thoughts, you know. I like it. I like it, man. Um, I think you touched on a lot there. Yeah, that's, that's true, yeah. To me, man, I think of it like this. Schematics do matter. Feel for it in terms of calling. It does matter. But in the NFL, it's literally about your matchups. You either win your one-on-ones or you lose your one-on-ones. You could pull up any of the elite receivers. You pull up the elite offensive linemen and just watch them play in and play out. It's less about what is drawn up in terms of are you running a vertical, a stop, an in versus an out, and more so about the details in which they are running the route. Two um, examples. Calvin Austin running the deep out route. We end up catching it, but you look at the detail in terms of when he's running his route. There was nothing that threatened him vertical in terms of the DB. The DB was just naturally off, but in terms of if I'm playing that, there was nothing that made me feel influenced, nothing that made me feel threatened outside of just watching film and knowing Calvin is a fast player. But it's the details of it. So you run and you get away with it on that route. But you look at the other out routes, and they're always contested because there is nothing that is saying, hey, sit inside or bite inside the little details. Next play. Fourth quarter, Mitch Trubisky's in that quarterback. We're throwing it on third and, I think, six or whatever. The slant play, the little in route from George Pickens. And it's highly contested, and Shaq Griffin makes the PBU on it. We've seen George Pickens score on a slant play. We've seen him score on an in route. It's nothing that's special about that one way or the other, right? It's a basic concept. But can you win your one-on-one? You look at him run the route. Just watch him. It was nothing about the route that said, I should bite on anything. There was nothing about the route that said I should be moved by, you know, a, a stem one way or the other, a head fake one way or the other. So when I think of the lack of ability to consistently pass the ball at times, I look at that part and I say, man, we have to win our one-on-ones across the board. Dan Moore and Chooks, when they're out there and they're one-on-ones, Isaac say you model on the run game specifically and his one-on-ones, it's like, man, we can draw up whatever we want to draw up. A dive play has worked from when Earl Campbell was running it to when Jerome Bettis was running it to when Le'Veon Bell was running it to even now you could look at teams running the dive. There is nothing new or innovative about a dive. <laughs> the difference is teams are winning their one-on-ones and we're not. When we talk about the quarterback sneaks, for crying out loud, when, when, when you're one-on-one, right? You're trying to get a yard or two, but you're winning that one-on-one. If you lose the one-on-one, that's typically the team that doesn't give up the grass, right? Or that gives up the grass. But it's all about the individual matchups. And to me, until we can consistently do that, we're always going to have these questions. But the problem is, with these questions, when we really get down to the nut and bolt of it, the one-on-one does not pertain to the coach. Because the coach, 
like I said earlier, has never come on this field to win a one-on-one. But for a fact, these players, that's what we're paid to do. That's what we are called for. And like I said, it doesn't always have to be elaborate. If every single time I got to scheme up the most elaborate play for you to get open, guess what that's telling me about you? You're not very good. (laughs) If you can't win your one-on-one and I got to always game you as a pass rusher, you're not very good at winning one-on-ones. That's not a very good pass rush. But those are some of the things that we are really witnessing happening right now that I feel like internally amongst us as a fan base, we don't fully want to acknowledge that portion of it because that is a bigger concern than just saying it's coordinators. Our Jimmys might not be as good as their shows. (laughs) Right, because that is foreign. That's not a concept that we're really accustomed to here. It's true. But when I look out there at times, I'm like, I don't know if this dude's really what we think he is because every single time I'm seeing the exact same thing. And that's somebody not winning a one-on-one. But like I said, it could just be my mindset because as a player, it's always been control what if you I could go out there, I don't care what my coach calls. If I'm going to kick this dude's butt, I'm going to kick this dude's butt. You can call whatever you want to call. He can't block me. And I just don't see that consistently happening. Yeah. So now we go and we're saying, hey, man, there's got to be something else then. All right, well, what else can we do to it? So, yeah, you're right, man. That's a lot of stuff at play right now, man. A lot of stuff at play. Yeah, I never played in the NFL, so I definitely trust your opinion, and you're right on. But I think it's no, you got some stuff, though, man. You definitely got some stuff. I like yeah. what you're talking over there. Yeah, but I just think in general is that if every team is doing the same exact thing over and over again, right, the definition of insanity, mm-hmm. the cornerback is still blitzing every single time. So what can we do? Yeah. Do we put a fullback? Do we put both the running backs in the backfield? Because somehow we're tipping our pitches. I think we are because there's too many times where the safety came up on the line and knew exactly what we were doing. And then I also agree with Chris Carter is that uh, Kenny, you know, is, is um, doing his pirouette and spinning to the same side every time. So, so the linebacker that was on the edge just waited until he spins and stopped his rush and just waited until Kenny spin, and then he hit him. So, and, and the lineman can only block for so long, right? So, yeah, I, I agree. It's a lot there, Brian. Oh, yeah. Oh, it, yeah. It certainly is, and uh, that's, a, that's a good synopsis by you for sure. We, we got to run here, partner, uh, but thank you for the call as always, and good luck getting that prime password for your father Seriously. this week. Seriously. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just going to have to go over to his house and do it for him. That's a good sign. I can't get the game. Brian, take care, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. All right, for sure. Thanks. That's funny. My time ain't working. I can't figure out this TV today, 10 out of 10 relatable. It's like every time WVU, particularly in basketball, because, you know, in basketball you play like 30-some games, and some of them are against – Middle Northeastern right. Western Tennessee University, and they're on ESPN Plus. And my mom's like, "How do I get this ESPN Plus going on? I gotta get the I gotta get the what app? I gotta log in the what? How? What's the password? I don't know why I just made my mom sound I was about like to say, man, you playing your mom's? That's crazy. Why did I make my mom just sound like Mickey Mouse? <laughs> my mom actually does listen a lot. So if you're listening, mom, sorry, you do not sound like Mickey Mouse. Mosey, before we go to break. Let's take a trip down 79. Wow. Almost heaven. Mm-hmm. West Virginia, four and one, <laughs> making Kirk Herbstreet look like a dummy. John in Morgantown, what up, cousin? Hey. What's up, man? That's that's right. I like that intro. <laughs> Good stuff. 
Well, yeah, you're, they're doing well, man. Hey, John, we gotta have we gotta have something to smile about. I, I don't know, Motsi, I haven't checked lately. That mm-hmm. university located in the Oakland district of Pittsburgh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Do they have a lot to smile about? N- I no? think they took an L this weekend. Oh, that's what I heard. That's word on the street. What a shame. That's word on the that's, street. I, I wasn't even paying attention. What a shame. I'm sorry to hear that, John. What's up, buddy? What you got for us? Oh, not too much. Yeah. I agree. I think the players just need to execute a little bit better. Um, I think it's just as simple as that. They just need to come together as loving brothers, figure out what's going on, and just move forward. Simple as that. You know, John, it's funny you say that. Uh, you know, I, I produce in the locker room with, with Wolf and Max for two hours before Moats and I come on here for two hours. And Wolf was saying, Wolf was saying that before the show. He was like, you know, sometimes when you're in a position like this as a team, just go out to dinner, have a couple drinks, all right, laugh about it, you know, be goofy together, get everything out there, and turn the page together. I, there's, there yeah, is, I yeah, I just, I, I refuse to believe that what we saw yesterday is this team. Now, I was there in Houston, okay? I saw it with my own two eyes. I know it was the Pittsburgh Steelers say, did, out did on the field. Did you have your glasses with you, or did you did leave I, them? Did I leave I, my just, glasses at home? I'm just curious. Wait, is there another black and gold I, team I'm in the end? I'm just asking for Is a that friend. the Boston Bruins out can, can there I, Can I just, just double, triple check? That's that, a, might have been the Iowa Hawks. Might have been the Iowa Hawks. Clearly, something is off. Something is off. That's the joke right there, John. Might have been the Iowa Hawks. But they are a much better team than they showed yesterday. Now, what's that ultimate ceiling look like? We can debate that all day, but they 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 have they have much better performances inside of them than what we we saw yesterday. So I'm with you on that. Yeah, I don't I don't think they need to blow it up and you know make all these changes. Just just get some things right and move on. It's only the fourth game. It's only the fourth game. This it's is a, accurate. It's yeah. a long season, and and like Moats and I said, John, I don't know if you were listening at the start of the show. Like as much as it might seem like the sky is falling. To use a yeah. Stevie Ray Vaughan Texas reference there. Oh, I thought it was Chicken Little. Well, it's oh, actually yeah. it's actually the sky is crying from Stevie Ray Vaughan, but so it was Chicken you, Little. Yeah, I think Albert King too. I That's right. That, oh, look at John yeah. knows his stuff. All right, all um, right. Yeah, I like. I love it. If uh, you know, you be you got the Ravens at home. You you beat the Ravens at home and you're you're first place in the division all of a sudden again. You're you're three and two and you're looking down at the Browns and the Bengals and everybody who are struggling as well. It's such a week to week league. It's such a week to week sport. But I think you're right. Like let's let's uh let's let's give them some time to correct this and 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 see where we're at here at the bye week and kind of assess from there. John, great stuff as always, buddy. Good catching up hey, with you. Good talking to you guys. Thanks for taking my call. I love the show. Thanks, Let's buddy. Go. We appreciate it. John's go, been go rocking. Ears. Go ears. Go ears. John, go ears. John's, go ears. John's been rocking with us since day one, Motsi. He's one of the real ones. Dan 79 there. Take care, partner. Mm-hmm. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, thanks, man. Go ears. <laughs> you know, the Mountaineers are going to Houston in two weeks, bye week this week, then oh, Houston hey in two weeks. We're on the bye as well this week. How about that? Hey, now. Can't, hey, Undefeated on bye weeks. It's a great weekend. Undefeated on bye weeks. Pitt better hope they got their bye week coming up soon. Oh! <laughs> oh yeah, you guys, you thought, huh? <laughs> I had to sit through 365 days last year He's on of one. MJ Devonshire pick six and 17 years of 13-9, 13-9. Ooh, yeah. Shoes on the other foot now, isn't it, cousins? We're going to get the break here. We got a plethora mm. of tweets. 
to get to on the other side. We'll get to those, more of your reactions, more thoughts, questions, comments, concerns, all that good stuff as we're with you here for another 40 minutes on a Monday, a therapy couch Monday, all right? It's get, like that sometimes. Get the, get the leather-bound books out on the brown couch with your with your corn cob pipe. Corn cob pipe? I don't know. Some some some, ki- like some kind of pipe, all right, and we'll just we'll get through this all together. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR and 970 ESPN. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. It's a commiseration Monday here. But you know what? We might be knocked down, but we're getting back up here on the Blitz. Got us for about another half an hour. Get to some of your tweets here. Your X posts, if you will, at Wesley Euler at the body 52. Duh. I tell you what, Mosey. The react. It, it, it's funny how this works. Like, I want the Steelers to win every game they play. Mm-hmm. I grew up here, cheering for that team. Makes my job a lot of fun. Makes those plane flights, uh, the plane flight home, much more enjoyable after a victory than a loss. Breaking news. I know that surprises oh, man, a lot of. People. I would have never guessed that. It's just a happier vibe around town, too. Mozi and I have talked about before, you know, when the Steelers win in, in Pittsburgh, the sun is shining, everyone is uh, nice, and, you know, it's it's sunshine and rainbows, and they even let you merge at the tunnels. What? When the Steelers lose, it's dark, it's gloomy. They Every, the horn at you. Everyone's like, annoyed. No, you can't get in front of me in the tunnel. People are bumping their carts into each other at Giant Eagle because they're so frustrated. Giant where? Giant Eagle. <laughs> Why are you like this, man? Because I'm yinzing, baby. Oh, my gosh. Got to go down to the Giant Eagles. Got to go down to the Giant Eagles. Yeah. Get some chipped ham, some roast beast. Make yourself a sandwich. Leave me alone. Don't, don't forget the fries. Leave me alone. Good spread food-wise, though, by the by the way, down there. In, uh, we've been really spoiled so far. Tampa, first preseason game, great food spread. Uh, flank steak with this chimichurri sauce mm. was kind of the main. Mm-hmm. Ooh, so good. That does sound very tasty, by the way. Uh, Atlanta preseason, always a great spread down there in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And then uh, Vegas, fantastic food and a great job in Houston as well. They had a breakfast spread, all right, Um, sausage and egg biscuits Mm -hmm. and, like, biscuits and gravy as well, too. And then they had, like, a brisket and a chicken station. All kinds of – so they had breakfast and lunch. Because it's like a, a perfect combo. It's a noon kickoff there locally, you're right, you're so they right. want to take. They want. They want to please which, both crowds. So, so which one are you? Are you more breakfast or are you more lunch? All right, can I be honest and transparent with you here? Uh oh, did you brunch it? So myself and our producer Dan Quinlan. He's uh-huh. our, he works here at iHeart with us. He's uh, our promotions director. He's our fantastic producer of the radio broadcast. It's like his fourteenth season producing the uh, the game broadcast. He, he's he's got his bleep down, is what I'm trying to say. Correct. And he's a big help for me because he's been to all these stadiums a couple times, so he knows where we're going. He knows where to go in. He knows where to get, how to get to all these places. I'm not wandering around like a chicken with my head cut off. Since it's a noon game, Dan and I normally get to the stadium for away games about four and a half hours before the game. Home games, four hours before the game. 
But we give ourselves a little extra time for the away games just because, again, it's it's not our home turf. Right, right. So we get there about 7.30 for the noon game. It takes me about 90 minutes to get us all set up, to build the entire broadcast booth, right? And then we got to test the wireless microphones out down on the field. Mic check, i got to connect with check. the radio station, you know, our buddy Justin back here producing and make sure everything's good. Uh, get Dale Lawley set up to do all his pregame show Shout stuff. Out to Dale. It's about a 90-minute process. But then after that, I have some downtime until we get to the game. So what if I told you at about 9.15, mm. I went and got mm-hmm. a breakfast plate? Ooh, okay. okay, okay. And then at about 11.50, 10 minutes before kickoff, I went and got me some brisket and cornbread. Talk that talk, baby. Talk that talk. Listen, when in Texas, you got to eat as the Texans do. This is also accurate, yep. And, uh, yeah, I had my fair share of brisket. Three, <laughs> I, was, I was in Houston for like 36 hours. I had brisket three times. <laughs> but <laughs> all three times, delicious. And I will say this, man. Um, I did see a, a photo yeah, how about I that? I didn't, I didn't I did ghost photo, our buddy man. Brian Backo. Very true. I did. We went to dinner together, had some brisket. I was very impressed. Very impressed. And then we had a little dual TV action going on at the pub. Had the ears yeah. on one TV. Go had his ears. Had his Pitt Panthers on the other TV. Hey, how'd they do? One of us had a better time than the other. Uh, I heard they had a tough opponent this week, though. Hokey, hokey, high? I tell you what, they, that, they, they used to be. That to me is like used to be know, decent. Like when Steelers fans, like when the Bengals and the Ravens play, and everyone's like, "Who do we root for?" Oh, it's root for the Asteroids. <laughs> you know, right, that's me when Pitt and Virginia Tech play. It's like that. It's like Let's that. see. Before we go to the tweets here, real quick, one thing that we do every single Friday on the show, I give you my favorite picks, my favorite lines, odds, Uh-oh. spreads, all those How different did things. My dog do it this week. Little segment that we call. How did he show do? Me the money. Show me the at two and one this week. Okay I, picked, okay, I picked three games. I told you that the Bills were going to mm-hmm. uh, give the Dolphins some humble pie. I think it was. Uh-huh. I was right on that one, wasn't I? Oh. Right on the money. Well, you acting like you talking to somebody to surprise us up. No, I know you. Oh, were. I was about to say, but that's why I mean, it was one of those like I told you, and you were like, yeah, you did, and yeah, yeah, it happened. yeah we yeah. knew it. Uh, I told you to lay the points with the Bills minus two and a half. At, mm-hmm. what, what do the Bills do at home? They beat the Dolphins. What does Josh do versus the Dolphins? Well, he throws told. multiple touchdown passes and beats the Dolphins. That's I was what told Josh. Josh does. Allen was finished. I thought Tua was the MVP front runner. That's what they told me. Yeah, well, they I think said that's, the Dolphins might as well crown him. I think that's, him I think that's Josh Allen. So crown. I told you to lay the points with Buffalo. No problem that they would win comfortably. I think I said nine or ten points. Uh, it was even more comfortable than that. Easy money there. I also told you the Bucks getting points at home against the Saints, that I like that a lot. You know, Mozi's guy, Baker Mayfield, they got something cooking down there in Tampa. Won again, didn't he? All they right. smoked the okay. Saints. Okay. Didn't even need the points okay. on that one. Should have gone All money right. line. But you know what? Uh, I'm not dealing with dollars and cents here. I'm just dealing with Ws. Hmm. And I got those two right. I said to lay the points for the Chiefs as well, too. And for the start of that game, it looked like I was going to be on the money. Looked like uh, Kelsey and Swift and Mahomes were going to run away with that I one. I thought the same. But big shout-out to Zach Wilson. I know it didn't end the way he wanted it to, but uh, he was able to get the Jets back in that game, keep them in that game, some controversy in that game. But the Chiefs end up escaping with a field goal. So did not cover there. Did Patrick Mahomes, Taylor Swift, and company? So two and one on the week, Arthur Motes. But you know what? That puts me to ten and four on the season. Stack them. I'll take it. Keep stacking them. Ten and four with my picks so far, folks. Now listen, I mean, a lot of people they make you pay for this kind of advice, right? This is also true. I've got all these Vegas insiders, and they subscribe for five dollars a month or ten dollars a month, and I'll give you my favorite picks every week. You're getting them for free, right it's here. That simple. A right. man, of, a true man of the people, right here. On. 
SNL. Tony Montana tweets us. Now, hold on. Tony Montana. Tony Montana. Like, come on, Chico. Tony Montana. Tony Montana. He's got the right profile picture and everything, too. I... Listen, if you've listened to this show and the history, you know Moats and I are big fans of Scarface. I don't think Tony... Let me not just, I don't think Tony has Tony ever tweeted us before. Welcome to the party, pal! Shout out, shout out. Uh, Tony wants to know, Motsy, you know, as the uh, as the former player, does a beatdown like yesterday demoralize players more or motivate them? As a former player, what do you think? No, man, it's always motivation. And the reason is... We have egos, we have pride, and a lot of us have kicked a lot of butt in our life. Otherwise, we wouldn't be in the position that we're in. No doubt. So we're not very accustomed to being beat, dominated, in some cases even humiliated. We're not accustomed to that. And when we feel like that, the majority of us, I speak from, you know, with a lot of certainty, we typically respond in the manner of I'm going to outwork you. I'm going to go back to the drawing board and focus on what has brought me to this level because none of us have got here without adversity and also being able to overcome said adversity. Absolutely. We go down the list of anybody up here. We've all had it. Michael Jordan had adversity. Absolutely. LeBron James had adversity. But that's, that's Tom Brady. It's like you can either let it make you or you can let it break you. And the difference is we have, you know, Put a word on it. Shout out to Coach Tom, and this is why he talks how he talks, so you can break it down. We say seeking comfort. But all seeking comfort is is talking about are you going to hold yourself accountable or are you going to try to point the finger and make it less about you? Minimize your role in the situation. So after a game like yesterday, the difference between seeking comfort or the difference between, you know, locking in and saying, man, I'm going to use this motivation is you start pointing fingers in that locker room. Hey, bro, I ain't play that bad. We lost because of you. Hey, man, I ain't missed that tackle. That was you. You missed that tackle. Hey, man, I ain't, make, I ain't missed my block. You missed that block. Dumb dudes that don't last long. But if you talk about, like, social media or just the people that you're probably interacting with, more people are like that than are wired, <laughs> like how I'm speaking to them. 100%. So that's why a lot of times when you talk athletes, our mindset is just different. You, you've said before a lot of times yeah. – there's more people that have the ability to play in the NFL yeah, than make it. Absolutely, they just don't it's have it. Beto- they just people, don't have it between the ears. Tons of people have the talent, but you have to mentally have a switch as well, and it's very different. It's very different how we're wired in terms of how we communicate, in terms of how we compartmentalize, in terms of just how we process. And that's the part where, if you're talking about the guys that make this thing into a career, they're not pros; they're professionals. Well, those are the guys that look in there and say, man, it's less about y'all, it's more about me. What did I do wrong? What did I leave out there? Don't make an excuse for me. That was my man, don't make no excuse for me, bro. Don't, don't, don't say it was on you. Because if you're saying it's on you, you're saying that I'm not capable. If Wes got to say my bad most, man, you ain't messed up, that's on me. You're saying you don't respect my talent. You don't think I'm capable of going out there and executing one of my one-on-ones. So you're going to try to justify it or you're going to point the finger and say it was on that person. Or, man, it was because of the weather. Man, it was because of your coach. It was because of that referee over there. It's because of time change. I'm sitting here like, bro, why are you disrespecting me? I did not make it this far from people making excuses for me. Hmm. You've made it this far from outworking. You've made it this far from being consistent. You've made it this far... Because you know, at the end of the day, you are talented enough. You are good enough. But if you never hold yourself accountable and say, maybe I ain't study as hard. 
maybe since this was the first week that we actually were going to be favored and feel good about it, maybe I came in here a little bit half-cocked and got caught off guard. And now I'm playing catch-up, but we know we're not designed at this stage to play that game. And let's be real, at the same time, you better tip your cap to the Texans. To act arrogant as if they don't have good players or to act as if they can't make players or to act as if because their coach is young, he's not going to potentially be a good coach, that's very arrogant in your own right. And that's why I'm saying as a whole, we can seek the comfort, we can minimize it, or you lean into it. You say, man, what did I do? What was my role in this game? What yep. was my role in this performance looking like how it looked? And the dudes that typically do that, typically from my experiences, are the guys that lasted this thing a lot longer, Last a lot longer. than the guys that do the alternative. And that's one of those where sports reflect society, right? A that's lot. the same thing you but can say for a lot, a lot of a professions. a lot of people in life, man, when they have adversity – they don't look and say, what have I done? They look and say, what did you, how did you do this to me? I'm here because of you. You made me do this. It's this person's fault. It's, it's your that, fault I got fault. fault. It's your fault yeah. this happened. And it's like, okay. So you can comfort. You can make yourself feel good in that situation. But in terms of the long-term benefits or the long-term ramifications of that, it's like, yo, you're never going to get out of that cycle. You're never going to be able to, you know, reach something positive. It sucks. But that is life. It's life, man. It's life, and you're absolutely right. That's that's one of those things when we say sports is a reflection of society, you can apply that lesson to a lot of different areas of, of your everyday life, of your professional life, uh, point blank, period. All right, last break to get to. On the other side, final reactions, tweets. We'll get to it all. Give our final thoughts before we get out of here on a Monday. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes, it's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. All right, we got about five minutes before we got to get up out of here. How many minutes? Five. One, two, How three, many? One, two, three, four, five. He said he got five on it. Anything you, anything you say, fifth. Can and will be fifth go against you. Go ahead, Arthur Motes. Ask me a question. I plead the fifth. Fifth. Wow. Hey, what's your name again? Arthur Nathan Motes III. I thought it was Wesley Valley Euler. W V U. Zaman. Zaman. All right, let's roll through as many of these tweets as we can before we got to get up out of here. Me tweets us. Who? Me. Hey, now. I don't know nothing about nothing right now. Too angry, too disappointed. I don't know nothing about nothing. <laughs> so I'll just look to the positives. Najee average 5.1 per tote talk yesterday. That's all dudes dudes. That's good. Also, I'm looking forward to Halloween, I suppose. Let's go. Can we also salute Keanu Benton? The young fella I thought played really well out there in the run game and in the pass game. So we do got a positive on both sides of the ball. There we go. That's what we're looking for. Jared tweets us and says, on the topic of Kenny rolling into pressure a lot, why does he do that? Is it a bad habit? Does he not trust? the offensive line what's going on there mix of both every quarterback has a tendency in terms of how they like to escape the pocket some guys they step up and drift to the right some guys step up and drift to the left russell wilson he escapes exactly how kenny pickett escapes right reverses out the pocket out the back door josh allen he has his where he'll reverse out the back door everybody has their variation of escaping so yes to an extent there is a tendency there i don't think that's exclusively the issue with it the other part yeah part of it is offensive line trust versus not trust if you get hit enough you will feel more urgency 
even though there are times when you need to sit in there and you actually have time. But is he wrong for filling the residuals of being one of the most pressured hit and sacked quarterbacks through four weeks? That's a byproduct of itself. So you kind of have two things working together in a bad situation. And then the last part is when you're talking about Kenny and him reading the field, when Kenny does not read it correctly initially, he is taking a little bit longer to see the next progression or to find the open man. So that is also putting him where his internal clock feels like, man, I don't have enough time. And by, you know, when we just talk about your tendencies. He's like Captain Hook. He's he's like, I I I I I got to go. So you go back to what you know best, which is let me reverse out of this thing and get going. And last thing on that. He had a lot of success doing that at Pitt yeah, because he was maybe the best athlete on the field and Jordan Addison was always open. Yeah, but typically when you do that, you do allow your receivers time to do what we call the scramble drill. As a defender, you're taught to plaster. If you're by a sideline, push the guy out of bounds, back in the end zone, push him out. But for the quarterback, it gives them a run-pass option. Right. But it's off of improvisation versus a standard call. So it's almost like you're falling into it. But – at the same time, it's kind of by design when you talk about the escape element of it. I completely agree. Uh, Steeler Rocker, our buddy Jay in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. It felt and looked uh, at times like the team had no passion. Motes, because you played, does that ever happen or is that just armchair perception? No, that's 100% accurate. I felt a very similar thing. You call it no passion. I call it looking down on your opponent. You come out because the first three games, San Francisco, Dogs. it was the boogeyman. They're going to kill you. Week two, Cleveland Browns, they're really good. But, hey, you're pissed off because it's the rival. Week three, all right, you finally got a chance to prove that you're not the terrible team, to prove that you're actually good and that it was more so the opponents you face. You know you're going to have a pro-heavy crowd, but you got some dogs over there now. It's a Devontae Adams. It's a Jimmy Garoppolo. It's a Max Crosby. Not scary, but you respect it. Good players. So we came on. We fought, right? Got up out of there. What was the whole talk this week? Kenny Pickett over C.J. Stroud. Man, Tank Dell's a rookie. Man, D'Amico Ryan's first-year head coach. Come on, man. They ain't got no – who who they Bobby, pass rushers? Bobby, Bobby Slowick, first-time OC. Who's they pass rushers? They ain't got no pass – they got Kendrick Green starting on the offensive line. These were all the things we said, right? So when you look out there, what was the difference? I look at Kendrick Green. I look at Kendrick Green. He's still Kendrick Green. Difference was he played like his piss was hot. <laughs> he he was out so there trying Steve, to so hit Steven, every, Steven Nelson. Nelson. Okay. Did you see what those guys were tweeting okay. after the game too? Okay. So Ooh. you can act like – that's not real, but when I look at their energy, I didn't feel like our guys played with that same type of passion. The one time I saw TJ Watt get hot was on the first series when he had that TFL. Other than that, it won't even allow to him being, and you know, that's my guy. Mm-hmm. But just across the board, I just didn't feel like our energy was as, you know, was matching the level of Completely the Texas They were ready to go. Yeah. J.J. Watt day, but what, but what just they were ready though? to go. What did they hear all week? It's a get-right game for the Steelers. They're going to score 30 on you. Mm-hmm. It's a get-right game. They got pride, too. Okay. They're compensated as well. Hold on, hold on, hold on. But we're the only one who has a quarterback that was a finalist for the Hall of, or for the Heisman. No, wait a minute. C.J. Stroud was a finalist Bro, as well? Hold on. That, that can't. Those two things can't be true. The University of Georgia has won like 34 of their last 35 games. Mm. And if C.J. Stroud's kicker could have made a kick at Ohio whoa, State. Whoa. Okay. So they, they can actually have a good quarterback. He think, can actually be a guy, too. I right? think he's a dog. Okay. Uh, last ones here. Big Ron and Jeff both want to know, is it time for Joey Porter Jr.? I think he's going to heavily be in the conversation. 
there are reasons why they're bringing them along slowly. Sample size is still small. Is he executing at a high level with their asking? Yes. But at the same time, there are questions just in the sense of we look at the plays that he's had. Have they been good? Yes. Have they been questionable at times? Yes. The more you're putting them out there, the more that becomes at play. Right now, you've been you got the benefit of the doubt multiple times, right? And we can make a case that if the roles were reversed and that was us on offense, what we would be hollering about. So I just feel like for the Steelers, they're just taking their time with them. He's going to be a good player. He's going to play well. And he's already playing well. But I just think for them, they want to make sure that he is fully where he needs to be. Because if you throw him out there just because, man, I'm tired of seeing Levi Watson, Pat P. I'm tired of this right here. Okay. But if you're just going to throw him out there and we don't got no real legitimate plan, what are you about to throw him out there into? It's not going to get any better and you're right. going to hamper his development. Absolutely. Yeah. We're not about to change our system and make it a, hey, JPJ, you're playing man exclusively. Everybody just plays own. No, we're not doing that. So either way, you're going to put him out there in a situation that might not be the best. But I do anticipate his role continuing to expand, Agreed. which it already has been doing. Agreed. We're seeing that. But even he has some parts in this thing yesterday. Not all coverage, but when we talking tackling. 100%. Like I said, when I said everybody with a capital E, everybody had a hand in yesterday. Everybody. And he was a part of it as well, man. 100%. Everybody has their hand in that pile. Everybody's got to be accountable this week. The good news is you want to turn that page, you want to do a full 180, go beat the Ravens at home. That's how you get that bad taste mm-hmm. out of your mouth mm-hmm. for sure. No show tomorrow because of the Mike Tomlin press conference at noon. We'll be back with you guys on Wednesday. We will start to turn the page and look ahead a little bit. I want the 24-hour rule. Can to it those, be 24 hours already? To those Baltimore Ravens. And Baltimore? What? Baltimore? Baltimore. What's that? It doesn't really matter, does it? It's terrible and it's where are you, you, you from? And it doesn't matter. Uh, look at the Scarface references coming full circle. Big thanks to our guy Chris Carter for giving us some of his time earlier. And of course to the Power Grid, the Megawatts, our loyal listeners, you know we appreciate the H-E double hockey sticks. Add a Yens. And finally, a shout out to the best co-host in the business, Arthur Nathan Motes Third. Who, me? Take care everybody. Get it out of your system today. Tomorrow we turn the page. You know where to find us as always. It's on your 24-7 Home of the Black and Gold. Stella's Nation Radio.